So this morning we're looking at Psalm 8. Um, short little psalm. Uh, you'll find it on the screen behind me. Uh, you can follow along in front of you. Before we read it, let's pray together. God, we're grateful for, for this book, for these words, for opportunity just to, to think about them together, an opportunity to just kind of open ourselves up to, to what you might have, have for us. And so in these next few moments, uh, we just pray that you, would, that you would speak to us that you would create in us uh, a more expansive awareness of your presence, uh, not just when we gather here together, but as we make our way through this world in our everyday lives, we just pray that you would wake us up from time to time, that you would startle us with your presence, that we might give ourselves to you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in or above the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim, the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, moon and the stars. You've all heard of the James Webb telescope, space telescope, right? Uh, it's the, it's the super duper space telescope that we sent out into space. We, as if I had anything to do with it or you, anyway, we sent out into space. Uh, it's supposed to be the, the successor to the Hubble telescope. It's been sending beaming pictures back to us uh, for about 14 months now. And I was going to put some, put some pictures up here, but none of us know what any of it means anyway, so I decided uh, not to do that. But have you seen the pictures, that some of them that have been beamed back, and we can look at them, and some of them look exactly like the ones that Hubble has taken, only with much more clarity, with much more detail, and a whole lot more uh, going on. Anyway, I'm going to put a caveat here. Uh, all of this is way above my pay grade. All of this is stuff that I don't completely understand. 
uh, but it comes from reputable websites like NASA and other scientific websites. And interestingly enough, businessinsider.com had a really nice <laughs> article that some of this is good. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. Um, so I just want to put that out there first. But I want, you to, I want you to understand this, or maybe not understand it, just hear this. So the telescope can see billions of light years away and literally see back in time, right? Because light takes a long time for it to get to us. So even when us, we look at the sky and we see the light from the stars and it hits our eyes, we're seeing the way it looked a long time ago because it takes a long time for that light. Does that kind of make sense to you? Kind of understand that? Anyway, so it can see 13 billion light years into the past. It can see galaxies 33 billion light years away. It can see what the universe looked like just a few hundred million years after the Big Bang. Does that bend your brain or what? It can see that far back. That blows my mind. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I think it's cool. Anyway, here are some of the crazy things that James Webb Telescope has discovered. Again, it's discovered the birth of over 50 distant stars that could one day form solar systems. It discovered, listen to this, a supermassive black hole with the mass of 9 million suns that predates any black hole ever discovered. It is so large and so old that scientists are trying to figure out how it even exists. They don't understand it yet. Here's, here's a good one. In a distant ring of rock and gas and dust, scientists discovered a chemical called methyl cation for the very first time out in space. Here's why that's significant. It is known as the molecular building block of life and makes up most of the organic material on our own planet. There are aliens out there, everyone. So exciting. Now, I don't know what any of this means. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's beyond me. The pictures I see are really cool. And I think it is all totally awesome. And scientists think it's awesome too. One NASA astrophysicist said this, one of the great things about Webb is every time we see a new result, we're all just sitting around the monitors going, wow. In fact, if you, if you look, this is a simple Google search if you want to. When scientists talk about their experiences of seeing these images for the very first time, their language about it gets hyperbolic, like they wax poetic. Scientists who are used to precise measurements, precise descriptions, precise language, everything has to be exact, they wax poetic. It's like they can't find the words to describe what they're seeing. It's like they're transported into a different place. They're so blown away. And when you hear them talk about their experiences of seeing what they see, it almost sounds mystical, like they've had this sort of intense spiritual experience. They're just blown away. Now, for those of us who believe, for those of us who have faith, none of this really surprises us because we know that when we look and see and contemplate the universe, it can quickly sort of take us to a, to a different realm 
we can look up at the heavens and it's almost like we have this mystical experience. It's like, wow, it is so big and we don't have the words for it. King David found some words for it. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in above the heavens. You've set your glory above the heavens. You know, I can't help but think that that even people, if they don't necessarily adhere to a religious tradition or religious ideas or a religious faith, I can't help but think that even people who don't have a religion, when they look and see and contemplate and perceive the vastness of the universe, that there might be just a little bit inside of every human being, in fact, that makes us ask the questions, could it be true? Could there be something behind all of this? Could there be someone behind, above all of this? How did it all happen? Could there be a glory behind, above all of the glory that we see when we look up at the night sky? Paul, who wrote all kinds of different letters to churches in the first century, uh, he sort of had that idea too. He said this in one of his letters to the church in Rome. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. So let's dwell on that thought for a moment. You've set your glory above that. I want you to picture King David. I want you to picture him sitting out on a Palestinian hillside all by himself at night. The pitch black skies are are dotted by thousands upon thousands of stars that most of us never get to see because we live in the land of artificial light. But he's looking up and he's seeing the Milky Way. He's experiencing the the pure, fantastically dressed sky in all its glory, and he just can't believe his eyes. He's blown away. He's mesmerized. He's transfixed. He's taken to a, a different realm. He has this mystical, intense spiritual experience, and it leads him to worship. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Think of it. God's glory behind, above the heavens. Right? If that's the case, just think about how big God's glory, incomprehensibly large the glory of God is, given how incomprehensibly vast the universe actually is. And we know some things about the universe. Try to wrap your brain, about some, try to wrap your brain around some other things. Comprehend this. A beam of light takes eight minutes to travel across the 93 million miles from our sun to planet Earth. Eight minutes, 93 million miles. Wrap your brain around this. I love this one. If our galaxy were the size of North America, so get that, our galaxy, the Milky Way, is the size of North America, then our solar system, our sun and the planets, would be the relative size of a quarter. 
in our, sol- in our solar system is a quarter. Think about that. Traveling in a jet plane, it would take you five million years to get from our solar system to the next nearest star. If you were to count the stars in our galaxy one per second, it would take you 2,500 years to count them all. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, contains billions of stars, but our galaxy is one of at least 200 billion galaxies. That breaks my brain. Are you getting a sense for how incomprehensibly vast our universe really is? I can't handle it. My brain will not comprehend that. And the universe, he says, is the work of God's fingers. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, no wonder. You can, you can see him sitting out on that Palestinian hillside at night going, oh my goodness. No wonder he thought, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So for David, and I know this argument doesn't work for everyone, and I get that, that's fine. But for David, what he's trying to, what he's trying to get across is that heaven and earth and everything in between, just its existence at all, is part of the reason why he believes in this divine reality. One who's behind it all, above it all, created all, and put it all together. But then, just as as David tries his best to sort of contemplate what he's experiencing, I love this, God suddenly gets personal. It goes from this vastness all of a sudden to very personal. It's almost as if he's thinking, if God is so big and so huge and so vast and behind everything I see, then why in the world does God care about us? Like, what are we? Why does God care? It's it's like in the awesomeness of the moment, David has this intense feeling just of being loved, cared for, and sustained by the presence of the divine. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You made them a little lower than the angels, a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned them with glory and honor. He has this feeling of being sustained by the very same presence that made it all. You've had experiences like this, right? You've had those moments where you've had those moments where where you get that intense feeling when the divine just sort of shows up out of nowhere or maybe maybe if you look back on your life you can think back to those experiences and you're like oh that must have been god it's that like it's that moment when you're out for a run it's very early in the morning and and dawn breaks right the sun just sort of begins to peek over the horizon and the sky is filled with beautiful orange and pink and red and purple light and it stops you in your tracks as those first rays of sunshine which traveled 93 million miles to get to you just sort of touch your face and warms your body and in that moment you sort of get this intense feeling that 
that life, all of life, it's just beautiful and sacred and that God loves you and you're just overwhelmed. Or it happens when you're, when you're riding in your vehicle, in your van, and you've got your kids in the back or your grandkids in the back and nobody has said anything for a while and it's quiet, when all of a sudden from the back, one of the little ones says, Mommy, I love you. Or Daddy, I love you. Or Grandpa or Grandma or I love you. And all of a sudden in that moment, you're just overwhelmed. You, you sort of tear up because God is so loving and caring and beautiful and your life is great. Or it's that moment in worship. It's that morning that you almost decided not to come to church because you wanted to, you wanted to sleep in a little bit, but, but you found yourself in this place surrounded by all of these people. And it's that moment in worship where a prayer or a moment of silence or a song or some words from a, a frail human being sort of something touches you in a way that, that you didn't expect to be touched that day and the spirit somehow mixes in with all of it and you know that you're loved. You know that you're welcome. You know that, that everything's going to be okay. And you know that somehow, some way, everything will be put back together again. And right now, in this moment, your life is somehow different, even if you don't understand <coughs> how it's different, new, in a way. You've had moments like that, haven't you? What are human beings that you are mindful of them? That you care for them? You made them a little lower than the heavenly beings and you've crowned them with glory and honor. Okay. Think about how vast the universe is. God cares for us. God has uniquely designed each of us. The one who made the stars and the galaxies made us. God knows what makes us tick. God hears our prayers when we cry out. God speaks to us when we need it the most. The glory of it all, the honor of it all, that's too much. It's too much for me to handle. Then David doesn't end there. Not only is God mind-blowingly large and care deeply for each and every one of us, God actually wants us human beings to care for it all with Him. God wants partners. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet all flocks and herds and beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. God wants us human beings to be partners with the divine and caring for it all. And every so often, I think we get it. Every so often, I think we understand it. And every so often, we live into it. And when we do that, the glory that is revealed up there in the heavens suddenly then gets revealed in our little lives here, down below. What does that look like? I had this story I was going to tell. I'm not going to tell it. I'm going to instead call an audible and tell another story. It goes like this. What does that look like? When someone looks out, lives into this caring for the world. It looks like two friends. 
they're uh, volunteering with their church at a, at a place that cares for homeless people. And they notice that there's a, there's a little stack of books, and it's very small. And because they love reading so much, because they enjoy that so much, they thought to themselves, it's not good enough. The kids who live here, oh, the kids who live here deserve so much more than that meager little stack of books. And so here's what they did. They decided that they believed in their church enough that together we all could do something about it. And so they actually came up front and they challenged, they told their story, and they invited everybody else to get in on it. These two young women stood up here and took positions of leadership in a church because they were so moved and so excited to do something for someone else, to share their joy of reading with people. That's, that's what it looks like. Now, Anna and Lauren, whether you realized it or not, you know what you're doing? You are living into the vocation, the calling that God has for all human beings to look out at the world, to notice things, and then to take another step to actually love and care and show God's love and care for the world. And then the two of you have invited us to participate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for leading us. I can't say it enough. Thank you. It's awesome. So what does it look like for the rest of you? What does it look like to, to participate with the one who put the moon and the stars in place? The fingers. That one wants you involved in caring for the world. What does it look like for you? Maybe it starts with just waking up in the morning and just living into the things that Jesus taught us, that maybe we should love our neighbors as ourselves. See, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be huge. It can start small. Maybe that's where it starts. Maybe it starts with our actual, real-life neighbors who live next door to us on our block. What does it look like to love them? What does it look like to love your classmates? What does it look like to, to love your your coworkers. And then maybe once you get into the habit of loving them like you love yourself, maybe it gets a little bigger. Maybe you notice something else in the world, a place in the world that needs some leadership. And maybe you can bring some of your influence and maybe bring some of the rest of us along. And, and maybe it gets a little bigger than just loving your neighbors, but you've been practicing that for a while, so you've noticed, I can do something about that. And then maybe it balloons into something where you help 100 people, and maybe it gets bigger and bigger, and you can help and create something that touches and influences 
thousands of people. Who knows how big it can get? But here's the deal. This is what I love about this psalm is, is it starts with God is so big and majestic and mind-blowingly large with God's fingers. God set the moon and the stars in place. But then it gets, it gets intensely, it gets in, intensely personal. It's like, whoa, that same divine being who did all of this actually cares and loves and honors me. But beyond that, God wants me to participate with whatever it is the divine is up to in the world. Oh, the glory of it all, the honor of it all, it's mind-blowing. And when we do participate with God, the glory that's revealed up there gets revealed in our lives down here. That's worth praising God about. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pray.